0: Constant in college rugby is change, and there has been monumental changes in the last 15 years. Welcome everyone back to another episode of the FCC podcast. I am your commissioner and host, Kirk Swanner. Joining us today, we've got some awesome guests. We got uh, the Brain Trust over here at FAU Rugby. Uh, first up, we got our president, Mr. Jacob Johnson. How's it going? Thanks for joining us today, Jacob. No worries. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, we got the extraordinaire head of the Alumni Association, slash number two in charge of all, or number two in charge of the referees, does all the scheduling, slash the potentially debatable best uh, podcast host in Florida for rugby, uh, team <laughs> pro host, Mr. Ross Davenport. Kirk, thanks for having me. Absolutely, Ross. Thanks for joining me on this one. You know, appreciate the uh, call back here. Uh, Last certainly not least, we got the head coach, uh, Mr. Steve Mattingly. How are you doing, Steve?
1: Doing well, thank you. And uh, thank you for the invite.
0: Absolutely. So uh, this is not going to be our typical podcast today. Uh, The purpose of, um, you know, so the whole point of the FCC, we started about four years ago now. It was never a permanent solution to go independent, right? So the purpose of the FCC was to take back control of the macro schedule so that way we can dictate on our own terms, how we're gonna create the system, create a setup for for growth to occur. But in order to do that, we had to go independent. Um, It was never gonna be a permanent solution. I said it was gonna be like an eight to 10 year solution as far as the independence goes. When we went independent, it creates some uncertainty. Uh, I think this fall has been a pretty interesting fall Um, between some of the bowl games that have taken place. You know, When I went back and looked, I have seen what I would call four bowl games that have taken place this fall. Not to mention all the various championships that have taken place. The other big, uh, interesting event that's happened lately is these uh, publication of the sevens events that are going to be taking place in May. So we had the NCC sevens. This is one that is USA Rugby supported, or I don't know, supported by USA Rugby, CRAA, and those folks. That's going to take place the weekend of like May 13th up in Mer- uh, Kennesaw at Fifth Third Stadium. Uh, And the other one is going to be NCR is going to be hosting the CRC in New Orleans later in May. And so with UF winning the FCC sevens, they've got automatic bids to both of those tournaments, which will both be uh, nationally televised. So um, it's in the future, we'll talk, we'll get some more guys on. We'll talk more about the value of what we've been able to accomplish here. The FCC being independent between the, the, Potential for some bowl games with the sevens and also with the rep team. But in the meantime, before we're going to get there, what I want to hear now is where the conference has messed up. So some of the biggest critics I think we got is uh, the guys down at FAU. They're doing a fantastic job down there. They are smoking it. So, uh, But we also had a couple public shots, I feel, taken. So what I want to hear now from you guys is – Let's hear it all. Where have we messed up? Where's our shortcoming? Where's our um, misgivings? All that type of stuff. Uh, I want to hear all the dissension. I think this is a valuable part of the process, and I want to I hear all of it. So uh,
1: whoever wants to, take it away. Go for it. What are, what are we talking about? Sevens? Fifteens? the Overall? Any, or Anything and everything you want, Steve.
0: Everywhere we've messed up. The union's messed up or the conference has.
1: I don't know if it's called messing up we're always going to have uh, bumps in the roads anytime you try something new. And obviously there's going to be people that, you know, are displeased and um, some, some teams get to, you know, I don't know. I just think um, the past three years we went from a 10 game season and we're down to a six game season and we've been limited on more games. We used to have, And I'm sure probably in your time when you were playing, you had a lot more games starting in the fall, going into the spring. And it's just like, seemed like a full six months of rugby. And uh, I don't see that right now, but I do understand what you're trying to do. But at the same time, it sucks because some of the players aren't getting the benefits that some of the older players did, or some of the opportunities, some of the older players did when we had, you know, a bigger season and, and more things to do doing that that's all
2: okay
0: we'll come back um, cuz i could, i can could give you some history a bit about length of seasons and stuff like that uh do you I, want
1: yeah go well ahead. I, I do understand why it makes sense not to have a, a 15 fall season i believe due to the well at least down here in south florida a lot of the rain the storms and stuff we have in the season canceled a lot of the games and um and uh during that part also it's a lot of testing so a lot of kids couldn't make games and it just conflict with the schedule So yes january february march for fifteens for us does make a lot more sense um better season better uh uh freer time for those students to play versus you know in april when all the testing comes again but um but I don't know. I just don't like short seasons. That's all. That's my opinion. I wish we had more games. I wish, even though, like, when – who was it that dropped out?
0: It was UM the first year, then FGCU came on, and they dropped out.
1: Yeah, so that left us – is that with us seven teams now or six teams? Seven. Seven. So even then, you know, you have the teams that are maybe in the south play each other twice and then team up in North play each other twice. So that way it gives us a, a full 10 game season going into the playoffs. So instead, of, I don't know, that's just my thoughts again, just my opinion.
0: Okay. Just- any, any, Anything else? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. I've got a, uh, one concern. I don't know if you are the right person to talk to about this, but during the uh, all Florida day, we had some issues with injuries on the field and we wanted to know if there's anything we can do about getting like EMS there to like watch our tournaments. Cause it, it's hard. Cause I watched a few guys go down with serious injuries and to watch somebody come out and try to put a bandaid on them. Doesn't, doesn't work so well for me.
2: So I, I don't know
3: if there's anything we could do about maybe getting at least for the big tournaments, maybe not for every game about getting
0: EMS there on standby. So EMS as opposed to athletic trainers.
1: Yeah, Yeah, because
0: it took about what?
3: Like like an ambulance? Yeah, so we we are even just somebody who seems a little more not to downplay any of the athletic trainers that were out there, but we had a guy go down and uh, he was unconscious and on the floor, not doing so well. And they they didn't really seem like there was much they could do. So I don't know if we could get at least somebody who's uh, like defibrillators or even just somebody who is maybe a little more up to par with rugby injuries. Okay. So I don't know if that's something we could discuss in the future maybe, but uh, we would love to see if we could get that to happen, at least for the bigger tournaments.
1: Yeah, okay, I, yeah, we can th- talk about that. I think where Jake was coming from is uh, the individual was unconscious and he had blood coming out of his eyes, his left eye. And his eyes were wide open, just stiff as a board for like 10 minutes straight, not even moving. And everybody sort of freaked out. And it just took almost 20 minutes for the ambulance to get there. So yeah. that's what Jake was talking about. Because anything could have happened during that 20 minutes that no one in our position could handle or take care of. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's all we were talking about.
0: Yeah, yeah. So what I want to do right now is I want to get a, I want to get a list of all the stuff. And then we'll come mm-hmm. back through and we'll talk about some of these items. You know what I'm saying? Right. So we'll definitely talk mm-hmm. about ambulance versus trainers on the side, you know, me- medical yeah. support on the sidelines. We'll, we'll talk about defibrillators because it's an interesting story I can bring up. So okay, let's. I want to get a list of all this stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Anything you got? Anything else you guys got? Yeah. Uh, I would also kind of like to take
3: this time to say, like, I know we kind of have a bad rap as it kind of seems like everybody against us. I want to say that we like, as at least as the players and the coach, like I've never played anybody in Florida rugby that I haven't liked. And I just, I hope that nobody has a a bad opinion of us. So I would, I would like to take this time to kind of say we, we do not have any dislike for anybody out there in the league.
0: That's, that's great to hear Jake. Like that's one of the points I do want to get across is that like, this is a community and uh, yeah. And and how should we, how should we act within this community? Yeah. So that's, I appreciate you bringing that up.
3: Well, and we got a lot of new players and I, I know how rugby is kind of supposed to be, it's supposed to be a very tight knit community and I don't want to take anything away from them because we have kind of a bad reputation. I want them to get the, the full experience and be a part of this community, not just our FAU community.
1: Uh, Yeah. Great. Uh, and, 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 and Yeah. And and to add to that, if if there is any any kind of um, animosity or concerns, that individual should pick up the phone and call the other individual. So it keeps it private instead of posting your thoughts on the air. And um, sometimes I'm at fault for, you know, retaliating back.
0: So so speaking of
1: of posting your thoughts on air, like,
0: what about the comment on your Facebook post there, Steve, that you wish the FRU would send the number one team to Houston as opposed to the number two team. Yeah.
1: you want yeah, to talk exactly. about how Houston unfolded? Um, well, my main thoughts is once the FRU got notified about the tournament and the cup, they should have automatically reached out to the number one team, whoever they may be, give them the opportunity to respond through email and phone call. And if they didn't respond to email, definitely a phone call. And give them the opportunity to either accept or decline. And if they decline, then yes, reach out to the other teams. But in a way, that's sort of a slap in our face when you reach out to everybody as the number one team to represent Florida, which we worked our asses off to be where we are, whether people like it or not. My players, three days a week, two and a half hours, I mean, film session, fourth day, walk through the fifth I mean, a lot of work's gone into this. It's not something we just came across through overnight and we're not getting the respect. You know, sometimes our players feel that way. When we see different things, it sort of shows that. And so I'm just saying next time, whoever the team may be sitting in that number one spot, they should contact them, give them the respect to respond, and then make a decision after that. That's all I was applying to. I don't know if that was handled that way or not, but... So we'll and then
0: yeah we'll we'll dig into this one.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: okay. We'll we'll talk about I. So the number one team should be in. Yeah, okay. I got that. That's
1: all. That's all I'm saying. That's all. That's all it was right there. And that's why a lot of my players were upset. I was upset about it. But you know what? It, it's done and gone. I, I, you know, I congratulate UCF for going up there, especially coming back at the end and handling business for Florida. It makes us all look good as a team to uh definitely so, go out of state and beat somebody
0: so let's 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 just go ahead and dig in here to this houston stuff so mm-hmm. you know the the concept that florida should reach out to their number one team right like we're in we're in our preseason mm-hmm. right so we haven't had any games new year i would say there is no number one team right now quote unquote number one team right mm-hmm. um And so like you you said, Steve, that you feel like you're not getting the respect that you deserve. Like, I'm not sure like who's not showing your respect. Like I'm not there at your games. I'm, you know, I'm obviously on the West coast Mm of the country, so I'm not at any game, but uh, it is very evident. The amount of work you have put into that club, like it's evident from this far away, like, and it's impressive the amount of work you put into this club. Right. Like, I mean, I, I've told you in the past, right, that if more coaches put in the amount of energy that you do, the conference would be better off. Have I, have I not said that?
1: No, you have, absolutely. Okay, so I feel like I try
0: to show you respect as much as possible, okay? I, um,
1: and now, you have. I, I will say,
0: you know, like the Charlie interview you gave, I was hot-headed. I did not appreciate some of the stuff you said in there. I called you up privately. We had a, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. the nicest conversation um i went back and watched the video some of the stuff you said on there was much more mundane than i took it the first time so i apologize for reacting the way i did so i hope you accept my apology absolutely not a because I, my problem is i took the stuff you said in there about the conference personally which i should not i should not have done so i'm i apologize about that now the it's so like i said it's very obvious that like your energy and input is what's driving this club forward so you're obviously like one of the You're the biggest asset to this club right now. Jacob, you're number two. Ross, you're two, like all three of you guys are the biggest assets for this club. But I also think, Steve, sometimes you're a liability for the club. Because Mm -hmm. like when you sit here and say that FAU is the 2021 state champion, that's kind of making this the statement that FAU played in 2021, right? No, I
1: said 2022. Mm -hmm. No, sorry, 2021. We did play 2021. But even if you uh,
0: that was not on BHU 23 right? Because we didn't play any
1: college rugby. Okay. So fair enough. So go with so, that. But then you had y'all you Florida day and we went in there and we cleaned house in there. So Steve, and, and so you should have at least taken notice of that. Steve, what I'm asking is like, I've, I've, I've,
0: can you give me some time to respond? Like yeah. I, I asked oh, yeah. for all the concerns and I'm, okay. I'm going to talk a little bit here. So i have given you respect right. to talk and okay. I ask for this. Fair of enough. That. So the 2021 state champions like i don't you have it on your facebook right now Mm -hmm. i think that's a liability because universities didn't want club operating so that statement is giving it's kind of like the university i know if other universities were to catch wind of their clubs making those statements they'd be a lot of trouble so um this is the one thing about college rugby is that there is no like it's a really thin margin that we're trying to skate on, right? We're trying to create growth that creates, we we need stability to do that. But like universities are really bad about creating instability. So Mm
2: -hmm.
0: anything that they can do, it's, they're going to use it, right? Like I feel like universities are actually the most bureaucratic place in America. And so we have to be much better than the bureaucracy. We have to just be better than the universities and not give them the opportunities to shut down clubs because they will. So I think when you make that statement, it's a it's a liability. Okay. Now the other thing I would say is that like if you're gonna base the number one currently on a preseason tournament, again, I would I don't put the same onus on that, you know, because it's like again, yeah, not everyone's there. Right.
1: All right. So so let's let's say we take out the the um so the other thing about last year- Q- steve go ahead so go the other ahead. thing
0: about ncr right Is was ncr when they reached out they said they didn't say hey we want your number one team they said hey do you have any teams interested in coming to houston mm-hmm. so like i understand your point right like when it comes to like automatic seeds into the sevens tournaments and stuff like that like they base that on championships they're going to base that on play right which i 100 percent support but this like this is preseason. This is a preseason bowl game, right? Like they That's asked, what... who they, they asked okay. is anybody interested in coming? And so I took that and I gave that opportunity to all teams in Florida, right? When I mm-hmm. sent the email, mm-hmm. like it's, it's obvious right now, since the, in the text we've had setting this call up, that there is a email issue uh, that you're not receiving my emails, right? That's right. That, There's a, currently an issue going on. But when I sent that email, I sent it to four people at FAU. So I don't, I, like, I understand your, like your point, if there was like in season and if stuff was happening. Okay.
1: Yeah. But this is preseason. This is, this is our preseason. May I do a follow-up to your, your answer you said earlier. You said, well, what gives, what makes me feel that we're the number one team I can't base uh, last year because we were the Palm Beach rule again. I can't base the, Preseason, the the Florida Cup you had, or the whatever all Florida Day. So I'll base it off of our 2022 season where we went undefeated, beat every team out there, and and you know, God forbid, you know the pandemic came, we can go to state. So we finished up the season in that. Season. Yeah, Wait, was so the 19, 2020 season, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm there, just
0: saying, but I'm there was un- another undefeated team, right? Like if you're going to make the claim that FAU is the best team in 2020, USF would have a Pretty strong opposition to that statement, right?
1: Right, but we're talking about us and UCF right now, and they, but, you know, but like
2: my question, question Kirk, would have been if, if multiple teams had expressed interest in Houston, who would have who would have made the decision?
0: NCR, late? the NCR selection committee made the decision. Okay. Not made. I just, I, just I, had, I had no input on that. Okay, and I, yeah, I I wish you guys and would no have. Other, no other out teams to reached
2: out. No, the I don't think offered. so. I think
0: only I think only UCF reached out. I wish you guys would have reached out to put the decision on them.
3: Well, I think we're glad at least that a Florida team went and yeah, won and represented well. And I think we are looking forward to any more that they may come out and have. We would love to put on a good show. And as far as who's the number one team this year, I think only time will tell. Yep. totally.
0: And, and so – let's talk about the season length, right? We'll go. So okay.
2: we're, yep. we're, are we good? Well, with before we, before we jump off bowls, Kirk, I just want to say, I think it was a weird time for, to have a bowl game, right? Normally you and I had talked about doing bowls, you know, post season. Yeah. And at that point you can obviously have, this was just a strange time. And I think I mentioned to somebody before, right. You could be the number one team last year, but you could have 12 out of 15 seniors and you're probably not going to be, you know, yeah. so this in a is, bowl game in November, you know, yeah. when you're down three quarters of your squad is, you had to take that into consideration too. It's just a weird, it's a weird season and a weird time for a bowl game. And I understand the opportunity was there and I'm, I'm glad somebody took it.
1: So there yeah. was,
0: I count for, bo- so like, this is the issue, right? With America, it's so big that, you know, like playing spring rugby is advantageous for us advantageous for the West coast teams, but like the Northeast, they, they can't play spring ball because their fields are frozen. So they have to play in the fall. And so there, this is the whole, like, kind of split that's happened, right? I mean, did you see that Goff report that he wrote? Like, I think it's titled, like, What's in a National Championship? They, they yes. found, like, seven national champions
2: <laughs> this fall, right? So, yeah, it's a mess, the, the college rugby scene. Yeah. And, so it's, and, I, and I like the fact that we, this, this is putting more importance on our state championship. And I think and I, I, I love the opportunity to have the representative side of things, too, perhaps for the fall. In um, the fact that, you know, who do we have left over from last year from the seven teams that's, that wants to go travel somewhere and play? I love the idea of, like, we did that time and sent that team to play Red River. Um, you know, that was an awesome opportunity. I'd love to see some more of that as well.
0: That is the plan, is to do another representative team tour where we go play, like, either go, yeah. So I'm in talks, I'm trying to create that again, I'm trying to get a couple, maybe get, like, kind of four select sides. Yeah, just somewhere drivable. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, this whole stuff, like, why was there a bowl game in December, November? Like, it's because a lot of pl- teams play fall rugby and they want to have fall championships because yeah. the same debate could be said, like, why do you, like, Dartmouth and their Ivies, they used to play their regular season in fall and then do their championship in the spring. Well, that's a four-month gap that, you know, so much stuff going to change in that time frame. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, this is a whole thing about like when, when the season should be, but we can talk about like the length of the season, right? Like currently the reason we have a six game regular season is because we have seven teams in the conference and there's no good way to like a single round Robin, right. When you play everybody once, like that's the best way to have like a fair schedule, right? Because every, since there's only an odd number of teams every weekend, someone has to be off so if we want to like play eight or nine or ten games there's actually no mathematical way to do it because in order for like it to be a 10 game season somebody's gonna to have to play 11 games right and so then what do you do about this unbalanced schedule i mean we if we want to go to an unbalanced schedule we can like i'm i don't like actually the six game regular season like um, I think the number of games that we should be playing is eight. Like, uh, you know, high school football plays 10. Uh, we're not high school football, we have to travel a lot further, so the costs are a lot higher. So, like when I think we try to balance out uh a regular season for some playoffs for bowl game travel, postseason type stuff. I think eight is about the right number. Um, but like, yeah, right now we have six. I don't I don't like it actually, but it's the only way to do it fairly. So and then if you want to talk about like the past, the actually in the past, like before we got to like the circ, even within even the circuit bit, like a lot of the times when they talk about matrix seasons, that's like an old terminology for like your regular season back in the like when I played. And the matrix was five games. Like that that was actually the worst part about it, is because there was no ability to lose a game and recover. Like it was. The moment you the moment you that made one mistake, you were out. And so, I actually want a longer season, eight, nine, ten type of game season, because that allows more time for the cream to rise to the top. So that way, it's a, I feel like a more fair and just way to do it. it. Also, creates a like it puts more onus on the state championship, like Ross talked about, which I'm a huge proponent for. But like I actually don't think that in the past the long seasons have actually been around that much. Actually, like the ten game season that we did. For the FCC, the first two years was an anomaly. No, I don't think anybody else plays a ten-game regular season in a conference level. The most I, the most in my years of coaching, the most I ever played as a regular season was eight, and with eight, there was no championship. It was just pool play. Number one team after pool play was a champion. That was up because one of the problems that you have to run into when you want to start talking postseason is when does the postseason start? So a lot of times with like these when you're into like kind of division two these lower D one aa championships, like the, the playoffs would take a lot of the schedule, right? Like you had to stop your regular season by early March. And I actually think those three weeks in March, early April, are, are the best playing times or the, or like the best time to play rugby because the season is so good. So this is the whole problem with like wanting a championship, because how do you have a good, long regular season and a postseason in this like 16 weeks semester where you don't eat into into the finals and you have to have enough in the beginning to get going so it becomes this like math problem pretty quick
2: no yeah listen i think we, uh, i'd like to see a little more happen in the fall maybe some some kind of friendly competition with the south team you know i, I know it Football gets in the way. Uh, we've seen that happen to FAU this year. So uh, It just seems like rugby in general in, in the state of Florida is going to a shorter season. I mean, we used to start, not college per se, but rugby in Florida, you know, comp- Matrix stuff used to start in November. I just I just hate that we don't take advantage of these great months to play rugby. Uh, you know, We yeah. throw our season into a three-month span, and if you get hurt, if you pull a hamstring, you're missing half the season. Yeah.
1: I, you know, it, this is just a thought, Kurt. You know, since we are just um, in our own division by South Florida, we could go maybe two games into the fall season um, in a, a early November. And then um, and then by that, they do have a, testing, a test in late November and early December. But if we can squeeze two more games in there, then we could still keep the six games in the – I'm not talking about this season, but perhaps next season – uh, we can have an eight-game season, and uh, hopefully somebody can step up into that eighth spot to make it easier for you to to lay it out for that. But I wouldn't be opposed to trying one more time to have a fall season. I just remember last time we did in the fall is just most of the time practice were canceled out because of the rain, because it is our uh, you know hurricane season, and that's where you get a lot of rain and storms. That's the only thing I didn't like about having it in the fall but this year it seemed pretty simple. We didn't really get, I don't think we missed any practice from bad weather. So
0: it's like, if another team were to come up and we were back to eight, sure, we could have like a a much more robust uh, regular season where the number is not six, it's longer, or sorry, it's larger. The other option is like the conference gets smaller. Um, If another team were to drop out and we're down to six, again, we could have a very robust, um, schedule, like the problem, like we're in this not great situation at seventeens. Um, and there's a conversation that could be had about should the conference grow? Should the conference not grow? Um, that's a whole nother interesting conversation. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, if you want to go a split season, like you're going to have to convince some of the other programs, like it's, it, you know, when it comes to like What we do here in the conference, it's not me as a dictator saying this is what we're doing. Like I, it's actually like a a collaborative decision-making process. You know, like um, yeah, like the like the single sevens tournament this year. Like, yes, I said this is what we're doing, but I went around and called all the teams individually and said, hey, this is what you know. Like instead of trying to have like this big drawn-out meeting type situation, I would just call people quickly, and and. Cons- and got a consensus of what we wanted to do. And then I just, and then I just said, Hey, this is what we're doing. So, but to make a big change, like going to a split season, there's a, there's a bunch of people that don't like the split season. Uh, and as far as like the fall goes, I'm actually now uh, we talked about it briefly in like the sevens podcast. I'm kind of leaning more towards like previous um, preseason first up and then transitioning into sevens, like a high performance style sevens, at the end of the fall, where like at all Florida day is the collegiate sevens tournament. And two weeks before that, we were hosting another sevens tournament. And like, I feel like if we go this route, we actually might do sevens more. We might do sevens better. You know, like, I don't feel like we do sevens enough justice by having sevens first up because it's just, a, because you do deal with all the rain and it's pretty difficult you know, like I also don't think a lot of the clubs have enough of the administrative capacity to handle kind of like two programs at once. I did it for a couple of years at Florida state where in the beginning of the fall, I ran a sevens program separate from the fifteens program. And it's a, it's a lot of work. Um, and you know, one of the things I do try to talk about is like the biggest assets we have at the clubs are the coaches. And so we want to prevent burnout as much as possible because we want these coaches there for long periods of time, because that creates stability. So, um, yeah like i the fall conversation is a big one uh, yeah. and a lot of people have to be involved in that conversation
1: to to chime in on the sevens um i remember two years back before the pandemic we had the sevens before the 15s you know kicked in and um and what i noticed about that we our first week of practice we would have you know 40 people out to practice but then when we say well the next month we're doing sevens to get ready for the two tournaments we had back when you had it and then we would lose half the team because they weren't part of the sevens but now last year and this year um, we started the 15s off and we stayed with 15s for a good month or so until we had the sevens tournament it allowed me to keep my players and got them transitioned into the 15s and and so now when we did do the sevens it was much easier to keep the whole team out there for the 7s training program versus trying to do it at the beginning of the season. So Yeah. Yeah,
0: I I thought you said that you lost like you had some 20 freshmen and only half of them stuck around.
1: Yeah, yeah. We had 20 how many Jake? 22 freshmen at the beginning, 24. 22. Yeah. And uh yeah, point. at the very first pack I told them that half of you guys aren't going to be here next week, and sure enough, little by little, you start seeing them drop off. But we have a solid one eight, nine freshmen that stepped up and came along really well. And we only lost three seniors, we got a full side coming back from last right? year, which is nice.
0: Yeah, um, the you know, the conversation about when to start your 15s, you know, like my you know, like when we were running these sevens in the beginning, you know, like it was up to each individual club to figure out how they're going to operate it. When I talked about it, I envisioned more of like, not, I mean, originally my envision was that people would run seven separate programs from their 15s, right? In doing so, Evan had talked about like using sevens as a club development tool, as opposed to like a player development tool. Um, ultimately, I think sevens, I think 15s is a better player development tool than sevens you know like sevens being the more simpler and i put that quotation mark game i don't think is actually accurate it's simpler but it's more difficult and you know aerobically anaerobically more difficult to play because you have to make so many more decisions under distress um under anaerobic distress that it's not like an easy game to play 15s is a much i would say easier game to play um so now I think, and and the other thing I would always tell people is like the first two weeks that you should, you should not actually train the first two weeks. You should just recruit, 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 recruit. That way, when you get everyone out there, you get the biggest number of players out there and you use that as, then you've done your recruiting part. Now it's just all about retention to keep all those numbers. That way you have the most amount of revenue coming in so you can do the most amount of stuff for the club. But, you know, like, I've been pre. Again, we're four years into the FCC. I've been preaching, you know, don't start your fifteens the week school starts. Do two weeks of recruiting. No one follows it, so now it's like, okay, start fifteens the week you get back, and then just do fifteens in the beginning, right? Because the purpose of the fifteens preseason is to get the hooks sunk into the players, like get them wanting absolutely. And then what needs to happen is the development portion of those players need to happen in the springtime on your reserve grade. And then if you can get to the point, like in the last podcast we talked about, like why it's important to have 30 people. Traveling every week is now that you can play two games, and with two games, now you're doing your development this year for next year. So, if we go to that model, then that leaves a little bit of a space at the end of the fall for sevens, and we can transition to more like maybe a high performance style sevens where you're not, we're not asking a club to bring all the players, just bring your top 15, and then we'll see what happens. And I think if we do it that way, there's a potential that we do like a higher performance sevens because I don't think the sevens this year was all that fantastic from a, from like a quality on the field perspective.
3: So I have a a question actually about the sevens tournament. I was not there. I'm not really a sevens player myself, but I know as far as like traveling to like different tournaments, what can we do to help with make our rosters look better? I know we had an issue I've, I've heard from my players. It was an issue that, You guys thought we were falsifying documents from the school and stuff. Well, I, I'm curious to get. Yeah.
0: So what, yeah, we'll talk about that. So when you guys showed up the roster, like Evan was there doing all the player check-in type of stuff. And I don't think the, like we sent out a roster form and I don't believe you guys showed up with that roster form. And then, then there was like, you had like a player that was like on a consortium agreement, you know. So like, uh, you know what consortium agreements are? I don't. It's where they go to school not at FAU but at like mm. Palm Beach State College. Yeah. right, right, yeah. So then the decision about whether or not that kid is able to play for F, whether or not that kid is able to play for FAU rugby is actually not my decision. It's whether or mm. not the university allows it. So I was trying to get clarification on whether or not the university allows it, and I so see. the email that I got forwarded was from like. FAU sport or something yeah. at gmail.com. And it's, I found it very strange that you guys Looks like suspicious. an official like email address from the school was not at an at FAU.edu, you know, address, but mm. on a Gmail account, right? Which I found odd. So that was like the question I was asking, like, Hey, this seems strange to me because in the past people have gone some great distances to like, gee, mm. so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying you guys were doing it. I was like just trying to understand what was happening, uh, and I was very surprised that your sport club folks like made calls on a Saturday. Like that's very atypical. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I spent my Saturday morning, like a I don't know an hour, an hour and a half on my Saturday morning, like going over this eligibility stuff, trying to get you guys two more players to come in and play because I just wanted to make sure that you know the documents I was seeing were like like yeah. it was the universe. Because again, I don't. So,
3: Going forward, what documents can we bring that will just
0: make it seamless? Yeah, so the what's going to happen, Evan's actually going to be sending out an email because we're talking about getting all these ducks in a row. What's going to happen is that you guys need to submit the eligibility, the registrar eligibility form, right? So you have... There'll be this form that you put all the players on, all their sit, blah, blah, blah. and then you go and have that signed off by your registrar office and the registrar signs off, are these kids full time? Are they, you know, this? Okay. So all the questions that about eligibility are not my are not my decision. They're actually yeah. universities telling us yes or no. And then, as far as the um waivers for the sixth, seventh year type waivers and this, that and the mm-hmm. other, waivers are actually my decision. So, okay. What we'll do is you you take your eligibility document, you submit it to us. We just double check, make sure it's all filled out. We'll post that up online. And then you get your waivers in on time. All those waiver forms approved will be posted online. And so now, when you go to like travel games or step and the other, if someone has an issue, they need to be bringing the forms. What your players might have to do is just bring in their IDs, right? Because okay. if you guys That's do fun. get, if the opposing team wants to do ID checks, which any team, I, you know, again, this is, Evan's going to go through the whole process of what's in the FRU policies about ID checks and this, that, and the other. Um, So expect an email here in the next like week or two that we'll talk more about it. But just get your eligibility documentation in. We'll tell you what, like you can't submit your eligibility documentation during drop ad week because everyone's schedules are still fluctuating. So once drop Mm -hmm. ad is over, go turn your form in, have all the potential players on it. Right, because you don't want to go back. This form is a pain in the ass for the registrar office, so don't go back and try to get them to add more. You're better off asking for everyone up front. Yep. And then any of the waivers we have to get, uh, we'll sort through the waivers as well. So, okay. uh, yeah. Sounds and good. like you brought up a point that you think everyone like doesn't like FAU. Hmm. Like nobody's out to get you. Like this is the whole thing about like hear differently when we're in the FCC is that it is a much more collaborative effort, right? The whole point of the FCC is that one team, like me personally, what I want to do is I want to get enough like five, six clubs or whatever to that institution level, right? Where they can be big and strong and handle the travel. And then as a conference, we go up into division 1A or, or whatever higher level division that we want to go into, we can dictate on our own terms where we go. Because where we're at right now, as far as D1 AA, the only other teams that are kind of active right now are like mm-hmm. West of the Rockies, right? You got some Colorado yep. teams, you got the West Coast teams and it's okay, right? Like I think we, we, we where we want to be is like the higher level, you know, with the higher California teams, the higher end like D1 teams, that's where we kind of want to be at, but we're not there right now. So, um, we need to, like, <laughs> what I want to do is I want the teams to grow together. Like I, w- I want information sharing to happening. Like UF alumni association is doing a great job right now. If you go check out their website, ufraa.com. I, you know, I don't know what it, Ross, you guys are doing at FAU. I haven't seen it. You know, like I, I do. Snoop around quite a bit. Um, but like at UF, they have like estate planning, you know, you can donate with stocks, you can, you know, like all these other ways of 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 giving, not just by giving money. And these are like they're they teamed up with a local community trust. So they're not actually using their found their university foundation. They're using a local community trust to, to get their money up there so that way they have more control over it because ultimately you do need once you get enough money, you do need to go to your university foundation with all that money. And that's how you get yourself in the door is with money at the school. Um, but again, like the whole purpose of this is to be more collaborative. And like everyone wants everyone to do better. The whole point I'm trying to point out is that it's, this is not a zero sum game, right? Like when FAU gets better, it's not worse for FIU. It's not worse for USF. It's better, right? Because now you get a better game locally. And so that's the one thing I want to everyone to understand is that when your opposition gets better it's better for you so we we want to applaud everyone as they grow so my point is again like no one's out to get you no one just do your business like do your paperwork like do all the stuff if you make a mistake apologize for the mistake right like i will i will say like the one thing i'm i'm kind of annoyed about like if we want to grow the club grow the union conference and get more publicity I would like for not only just one Florida team to be at uh, Kennesaw and at New Orleans, at the CRC and at the NCC seven. So I want two, but I don't know if we're going to get a second team to those two sevens tournaments because <laughs> Steve made seven substitutions in the FCC semifinal game. Like it's on video, right? Like, hey. and I have approached him. I said, Hey, well, you know, like, we had a large back and forth. I said, hey, what, what's happening here? And no response has ever come back around from it. So when the CRC did call me, right, they asked, hey, who won Who won the seventh? I said, UF. We talked about UF. Who won in second? FAU. He asked me my opinions. I said, well, I, I'm not sure. They're set up for success. They've got a good coach. They've got people out there. But, like, they made seven substitutions in the semifinal. Like, I don't know. Like, so it's your choice. Again, I don't make the decisions of who goes. May, may I respond
1: to that? May I respond to that? If you want to respond now, yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I did make seven substitution unintentionally. I wasn't aware that I did that. All I know is I send the player in to check in with the ref, and normally the ref, if you're over capacity, they say no. That's the way I've always done sevens. But to go back off of it, my uh, assistant that keeps track of people going in and out was just getting back because he was on the phone and running around trying to get the stuff done for you. We went the first two games with only seven players because we weren't allowed to play our two players until the last minute. And that was going into that semifinal. So my mind was focusing on getting this game done and out of the way. So if I sub two extra guys, my apologies. If you want to take that win away, it's no big deal. We'll just come back and get it next year. And I'm hopefully not, that hopefully that asking- paperwork I'm not okay, asking them to take
0: anything away, what I, but what I do want to point out though, is that like, by doing this, right. And like, e- we could say, you know, the ref should have caught it. Sure. The ref should have caught it. Like what well, if-
1: every player goes in and checks with the ref before they swap out. And that's what we did. And when they did it, I'm not thinking, you know, I'm there by myself going. And if a ref said no, then I'm saying, okay, I'm done with my subs and just go on from there. But because of the, all the excitement and the drama and stuff, you know, so that's on me. I'll take that 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 bullet.
0: Okay. So, I, I uh, like, I believe you had – because I went back and watched all your films. So, you had a guy pull a hamstring in the first game that didn't play in the other games. In your, in your second game, you still had seven. So, I think you had more than seven in the first game because I said the guy no, – Oh, we had we – He had, a we long, long, blonde-haired kid. I think he pulled a hamstring or did something. He did. Out. So, right. you had more than seven in, in the first game. Well, I Maybe not in the second game. Maybe I yeah, we had no, first gone first through the two games.
1: First two games, we only had seven players. Okay, so he pulled his hamstring. We did play a man short, finishing up. I think the second game, and uh, going into the semifinals, that's when you okayed the other two players to come on. Yeah, he was on the sideline during that. That's yeah. what you're talking about. So, but like we, we, we came want... up there. With, we came up there with nine players. That's it, and two of them weren't allowed to play until it was cleared so and you had, um it, you had you had 10 because you had a guy that pulled the
0: hamstring mm, so you had the seven and the you had the seven and the two substitutions and the pulled hammy i
1: have to check but anyways
0: so like if like if you want to sit here and say like yeah like i made a mistake i didn't pay attention. okay like if you make a mistake like what should happen next then
1: i made a mistake i told you i made a mistake Yeah,
0: but like, it's not me you need to apologize to. So, um, we're hoping the other teams are gonna,
3: right? Like, like,
0: the whole and like, my point is that, like, by doing this, right, Mm -hmm. like, you are actually aggrieving another team. So they could take the whole stance and make a big deal about it, but they're not right? Like, like no one's saying, wait, 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 I'm not sitting mean? here, I'm not sitting here saying we're gonna it. take the game away. We're not nothing. Like the, the the results are standing as it is, mm-hmm. but could it, it like, does this open you up? Yes, it does. It opens up all of us. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like, again, I don't like, I'd rather us not have to deal with this. So like, can't we as coaches just uh, know that we, we have five substitutions and let's just track it better. Right. Like this is the whole thing. Like we, as if we're, if we're going to grow we need to be better than like all the institutions or like the institutions around us, right? Like you need to be better than the university, right? Mm -hmm. Like we need to be better, like no offense, Ross, we need to be better than the referee because it is not the referee's decision or (laughs) problem that is going to affect the game.
2: No, we we do have to be better. And Boz and I have worked a lot on the off the field stuff, which is where we had a lot of issues uh, over the past two or three years. Um, I think the new board's done a, a much better job. There's been hiccups here and there. Um, communication has got a lot better, but it could still be improved. And just reaching out for help. I've asked, Bo, you know, Boz and I have had discussions, you know, reach out to me for help and things that I can help with. And, and it's got a lot better over the last year, but we, we still have to be better, right? That, that does come back on us, that the extra sub and as Boz as a coach, you know, should be keeping track of that. He should be writing down subs and who's coming in and out. And I always see Ronnie Suarez posted little, you know, his little notes that he makes in every match, who's come in and out, who's scored tries, who's kicked conversions. Um, just so we if we have to go back for that so, kind of stuff.
0: We Look, are going to use USRB stats this year, so that's another thing you can do is be really good at your USRB stats. So th- that's how you you're going to post your roster. You can tell you when you made substitutions. You can track who scored the points and this that and the other. So like the last you know two years ago when we did de- when we used USRB stats, I think Raw ro- or Evan had to put in all your rosters for you. So like. That's something like learn how to use US Army stack. You can use it on a, on a cell phone, on the sideline, on the day, like do that. That's another great thing you can help us out with uh, to, sh- you know, to show like, yeah, like that, that's a thing that top clubs are going to be able to do. So just do that. Right. And then like, again, like this is, this is a community we're all just need to, like, we're all playing the sandbox here together. So um, I had a better point and I've lost it anyways. Uh, we could talk briefly here about the ambulances, athletic trainers type stuff. So like, have you guys ever looked into like getting an ambulance to one of your games? We haven't. So you have to pay like a standby. To, so there's two ways you can do it. It's my understanding of it. One is you can have someone there and you pay for them to be there. And it's a pretty high price compared to like an athletic trainer, which is what is needed. I think from the insurance perspectives, the other one is like, you can maybe get lucky and you get someone there on standby. You st- I still think there's like a standby charge or you just have to like end up getting lucky or whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, should we have EMT? Yeah. That's a good point. We'll take that back to the
1: union um, and see about that type of stuff. Um, at least for the tournaments, at least for the tournaments. Yeah. We've we're, got we're not multiple... asking
3: for every game, but at least yeah. when there's like a bunch of teams there and we're playing
2: five multiple games, games in a day, three in one games day, yeah. a day. Yeah. You we
3: know, to to it. It just love to see it discussed.
2: What yeah, I looked into it for sir, I looked into it for surfing sevens probably three years ago, and it is very expensive. But I think you can just build it into part of the entry cost. And I think ninety five percent of teams would be quite happy to pay that extra in order to have you know the ambulance are so Lucky
1: fingers crossed nothing's happened at my more tournament. More money
2: than watch one of our players. Yeah, I mean it's night you know we, we charge two fifty <laughs> for sevens tournaments. my daughter plays softball tournaments and they charge four hundred and fifty dollars. And they play three games one day, and then they can play only one game on Sunday. But they, they're still quite happy to play their four hundred and fifty bucks. So I think and if we can build that in, you know, to a cost, well, uh, um, especially on the tournament side of things. I mean, in England, every, pretty much every, you know, obviously you have a lot of club, a lot of teams from one club playing at the same pitch on on the same day or multiple pitches. So they always have events there. But you've got. You know, 200 players covering that costs, which I think for a tournament would be would be a great idea. I'm definitely going to look into it for surfing sevens uh, coming up in June.
0: Okay, yeah. The uh, I remember the point I wanted to talk about earlier as far as the brotherhood goes. Like, I, I I think it's typical for coaches to say stuff like, "Oh, like this team's coming," you know, "Hey, we're playing this team this weekend. They're out to get us," or like, you know, like you, you use this internally to like rile up your players, blah blah blah. That's fine. You can do that, but like don't like you should not actually believe that's what's happening right because if you're if you're always saying that message like hey it's us versus the world everyone's out to get us this that and the other i think it is a disservice you're gonna do to your players because like one of the like jacob you're alluding to earlier like rugby is supposed to be this like wonderful brotherhood and it is right like it should be like so one of the things that should happen that i like is the socials kind of afterwards like that is something that we should be doing because it is like this unique. Uh, feature of rugby that i think is good we should not lose that but you should also as a you know like jake you should also go talk to the opposition as well right and then like when we do the rep team um yeah it's great to see all the players from all the different clubs like interacting and like supporting each other and like uh just an interesting story of like a bunch of the players from the rep team tour in 2019, we're all in Houston and all hanging out together and taking photos and still talking about it. Yeah, like it's just just a great event. And like it can happen there, but it can also happen at any FAU game, right? So like you can sit there and use the us versus the world mentality as a way to like rile them up, but like you shouldn't be like drinking that Kool-Aid right because it's not what's happening and if it is like you if you are drinking that kool-aid like it is us versus the world and like or us versus everyone in this community and like why are you in the community right like what we're doing right now is like college rugby right like what we're doing right now is not going to be this like multi-million dollar invent in, you know like adventure and like that like we're not we're not getting rich off doing this right like we all do this because it's like a wonderful event that we got a lot from and we're trying to like now give back. So let's just like do focus on that, right? And like, do we care about like winning games? Of course we all care about winning games, right? But like ultimately is that what we're in the business of doing is winning games? I I actually think not, right? Because it's a game. So someone's losing every weekend. And if your whole method of of quantifying success is like wins and losses, then like that's a pretty, I mean, someone's going to lose every weekend, right? Like I actually think John Wooden's, definition of success is like a wonderful way to like gauge success, right? Like this guy won how many championships with UCLA? Like, so he's a super successful coach. And if I I think that his method of like gauging success is a great way to get people to like achieve more. And that's what we're all on about. Like, isn't that what sports about? Like make people... Mm -hmm achieve more than they think they're possible of achieving and, and buying into like the, you know, like being a part of something greater than yourself. Like that's all, that's what we're really in the business of doing. So let's just like, keep that in mind. And like, no one's out to get you. So don't. don't. Well,
1: one thing I want to put out there, I don't think nobody's out to get us my opinion. Um, and I respect all the players out there and, and, and all the coaches. I do have a problem with one individual and, um and that's the only person I have a problem with. Everybody else, all the other coaches I expect, when I go to the games, whether to home or away, I shake their hands. We have a nice conversation. The other individual, it's like, got to track him down on his own home field to shake his hand, and our conversation is like two seconds, and that's it.
2: So that I never head?
1: had, yeah, I never had a problem with him, but ever since I've came in, he's always jumping on my page, making little pokes and marks and stuff, which, reality he should just stay off my page and. Mind his own business, mind his own team. You, you, want, you want to talk about this real quick? And if you like. Okay.
0: So the, the two public spats I've seen, right? Mm. The last one was the about the whole the FRU should said the number one team and not the number two team. And Gomez was
1: pointing out the fact that the
0: like he's trying to point out the fact that the FRU had nothing to do with it. It was NCR's decision. Everyone had the opportunity.
1: Right, but Gomez is not even on my page. I'm not even friends with him on Facebook. He has no business scrolling and, and and sniffing through my pages to make comments that's to my team my my alumni I, so i, and my I, I actually that's spoke
0: it. with him earlier and like he said he's not he yeah he's not you guys aren't friends i think the only reason he sees it because you tag ross he's friends with ross uh, so it's like he, it's popping up on his feed right and what he's right. the stuff that he's pointing out right like his because we talked about this one a mm. couple times and his point was that like you're sitting here attacking the conference for some. I'm not attacking.
1: I'm just. I made a comment. Not attacking the conference. Okay. Attacking a conference is saying bad, negative things. All I'm saying is, perhaps we'll, next time they'll go and provide the number one team the opportunity by calling them and and, and uh, reaching out to them personally. That's it. Yeah. Very simple. The the other and this whole thing. One... When, uh, okay, it's the seventh. And if you had a problem on the sevens, he he went on there. He said you're a cheater. Your your team cheated. I'm yeah. like, what are you talking about? Right? There, he, you know.
0: I think he yeah. pointed out he was pointing because like again you were sitting there. Cause I, cause I tried to go back and look at it today before we talked about it, but all the comments mm-hmm. have been deleted. Right. So, right. Right. What I re- what I thought I remember was him pointing out that you made seven substitutions in the semifinal, and then like, like wait, you it, didn't read it, you
1: didn't read his comment. Wait, how he said it? He said he went. At, he didn't say, oh, you, you guys, you know, sub seven people. You, he no, was definitely you, you cheated. You, he yeah. he was
0: definitely trolling you, Steve. I, and I I've asked Gomez to stop trolling you. By the way, like he's definitely trolling you. Okay, but like again, if you have made the mistake, that's when you should have apologized. And I bet if you would apologize, it would have been over. What am I but gonna apologize? There wasn't.
1: For? You got defensive. But what what would, am you, I what, what would you
0: apologize for?
1: To Gomez for what? So your your fifth so, so, substitution so, so I, so, was. Should, hold
0: on, oh, your fifth substitution was pulling off. Is it Enoch? I don't want to mispronounce his name wrong.
1: I Enoch? Know. I don't remember. Enoch or the other kid? Yes. Enoch. You don't, don't pronounce the H? Okay. You
0: pulled right. him off on the fifth one. The sixth substitution, you put him back on. And then you made your seventh. And in the game winning try, Enoch made the pass to the guy that scored. Mm-hmm. So your two extra substitutions, if you didn't make it two extra substitutions, Enoch would have been off the park. He doesn't make that pass. Who knows what happens?
1: Well, our other guy would have scored. That's all. <laughs> That's a counterfactual. <laughs> we don't know, right. right? But we do know about the, bo- the, bo- the listen, video. It, the bottom
0: line, right? and so like, if listen, if you, you, you would like, if you're sitting here saying that you messed up, then like most people apologize when they mess up. Like that's well, a human no. response.
1: Well, from from what you're saying is, you're saying the ref isn't responsible of the subs coming in and making sure that every tournament I've been to. That's what I'm accustomed to. This is the first tournament that I knew that I wasn't supposed to do that. It's on me. That's all. So that's why I made a mistake because I didn't know what the policy was for that particular tournament. If somebody said, hey, you're responsible for it. Sure. Because um, all the other times I just said, mm-hmm. go check, I, go, I said, go check with the, the ref. That's all I said. Go check with the ref and then go on in. If ref yes, said uh, no, but I understand. So what you told me, that's fine. I apologize. Well, so, uh, as, a the FRU, you, as
2: a ref who's refereed sevens, it's, it's very hard to keep track of substitutions. Um, but I think we said earlier, we've all just got to be better, right? In, in certain aspects yeah. of, you know, in, in, on our paperwork side of things and our administrative side of things, we've got better, but I still think we can be better. Um, and, and the communication side of things has got a lot better, too. Uh, and the, con- the conference will get better, too, as well. Listen, you know how I feel about nationalists. It's opposite to what Buzz feels about nationals, but uh, I think it's the same as Kirk's feeling: is that this country is too damn. is in, in England we don't play nationals; you play in your division and you win your division, and that's it. If you you, you can get promoted and relegated, but of course there's a you know, hundred times more teams in England than there is here. But um, uh, I, yeah, we really so just got to get better. Uh, Pat Clifton's.
0: I really I appreciate you posting know. Pat Clifton's uh, nationals comment. That was interesting.
2: Thanks. Oh, this is. It's fun for seven; it's doable because there's you know, the opportunity to play in a tournament over an entire weekend. For 50 years. it's just for me; it's not. It's never been viable. It's only been the teams that have had the money to be able to travel and take those thirty, which isn't everybody. Uh, you know, remember there was years on the men's side of things where teams didn't have the money to travel to, you know, Iowa to take on Palmer or whatever. Back when things were you know, even more insane than they are now. Um, I do have a but, question.
1: Um, if a team,
2: went, say like
1: UF. Is FRU gonna um, help UF on the travels when they go
2: at all? No. No. Okay. That's the one good thing about being a tennis is it's drivable.
0: Yeah. This is one of the issues about nationals. Well, the, so one of the issues about nationals is the burden of winning. The more you win, the more you travel, the more it costs. And like like, I mean, you can see the FRU budget, you know, like it's not huge, you know. So like what you're trying to. If you want more, I also think that in in general, there's like a misunderstanding of like civic, just a civic misunderstanding, right? If people want to pay libertarian taxes, you're gonna get a libertarian government, but like don't expect socialism from the libertarian taxes.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: shouldn't um, we try to do like a percentage, whatever the teams pay each month for their dues to the FRU, a small percentage, goes into a piggy bank for, you know, a team that has to go outside the state to represent just to show a little support for them. So then at
0: what level, you know, like now we're talking about, uh, equal, you know, equity and this, that, and the other, like how many divisions, and like it gets
1: messy quick. Well, right. Plus, as of, right, as of plus, right now, it's only like, a bowl game. It's only a bowl game. There's no, all there's, these travels. There's for the
0: men's team right like there's there's seven clubs like how much money do you want to get like you want a hundred dollars like i think now we're kind
3: of getting out of the realm of what we're responsible for that's not this conversation for us right now but uh, i mean this is
0: the time to talk if we want to talk yeah
3: no, i know but i mean i think well so
1: so you said wait you said that well you got the other men's team i'm not talking about the men's team or the division i'm talking about the collegiate if the collegiate pays for example if it's thirteen hundred dollars a, a um, semester for the year then make it fourteen hundred and that extra hundred yeah it's a thousand or whatever seven, it may be seven hundred bucks just, i'm just like, using that as an example i'm just using that as an example whatever percentage and leave that towards the team at the end anything helps i'm just putting that as a, a thought that's it no i
0: hear you and like when we when we we're in the circ i made sure that there was a money for semi-finalists and finalists i don't you know, like I don't think that's a typical FRU policy because now coming back to the FCC, we are part of the FRU. So now not only like we follow FRU policies. So like to do that, it's not just within the colleges. It'd be through everybody. It has to be right. a budget line item. Like it's a whole nother democratic process to go through that stuff. I hear you. Okay. Like I'm not saying it's like a bad idea. Like I'm just saying that like when I talked to Evan, how much it costs him to go to Houston, I think they spent ten thousand dollars twelve thousand dollars right like seven hundred bucks out of ten thousand like it's not i don't think it's that big of a de- like should we well, be I'm, now, I'm now we're talking more about policy that, but... which is a political question right and is it worth the politics so
1: gotcha all right
3: yeah i think the politics of it is no longer our realm we're getting out of player and coach policies here well i mean th- this is the whole thing right
0: as a unit it like, if this is a political system, right? And I think we don't do a good enough job being political and talking some of the politics. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is some of the stuff I want to be doing with the podcast is like pointing out how some of the problems we have are political. and We do need to talk about that stuff, but like, I don't think we do it in great, great way sometimes, but right. yeah.
2: Okay.
0: Well, uh, do you guys have anything else? I mean, I feel like I went through the... 10 I think game we covered a
2: lot.
0: Yeah, the ambulance. The fi- oh, so there is an interesting story. You should check it out. Goff wrote about a defibrillator. Uh, this guy, it was a uh, club team up, I think, in New Jersey. Uh, a guy, heart stopped, and the club had a defi- had people that were defibrillator trained and defibrillators on the sideline and uh, revived them. So it was an interesting interesting thing. So again, like uh, I'm with you about defibrillators. Uh, yeah, but I mean, is I've- that a union? thing or is that something that the club can do which kind of goes back to our political discussion like is this a union well, that's what i'd like to, get to do
3: so the the insurance that we pay i would like to know
0: kind of like what what is that covering for us so, uh, okay so like the typically the insurance that we get is third-party liability insurance so what that yeah. does is it actually doesn't cover the players it covers the facility it covers like the coaches right like it covers so that when something catastrophic happens, the individual players insurance is gonna like gonna cover all that. Is there some catastrophic stuff within USA rugby? I think there is a little bit of money for catastrophic, but what it does is third party liability insurance is what allows access to facilities. Because you know a facility is not gonna allow you onto their property, knowing that if something bad were to happen, they're on the hook for it. You know what I'm saying? So the insurance that we pay with the USA rugby membership is mostly third party liability insurance, which gets us access to places. And then it's also like, that's why every player needs to have their own insurance. Yeah. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? It does. So it's not really like, you know, like if like there is some catastrophic stuff in there where you do get a bit, um, but it's not like for, if you get injured, it's going to be totally covered.
1: Right. That right, means your own personal
0: insurance. That. So I hope that answers the question there, Jake.
1: yeah
0: mm-hmm. right. Okay. Um yeah. Well, um it's 115 almost. So we've been at it for an hour and 15 minutes. I really appreciate you guys' time today, gentlemen. Uh, thank you for having us. Appreciate uh, the invite. I there so when I edit and set this out. In that email there's also gonna be a preseason coaches poll. So it's gonna be interesting to see. Like, I, I do want to generate some uh, media content here and try to get some buzz here going for us, Florida, because uh-huh. we are playing spring. Uh, we're gonna try to catch the back end of this wave to create our own ripples. So it will be interesting to see how that goes. Uh, but yeah, like I am rooting for FAU, like I like like I said in the last podcast, like FAU was the strongest D2 club for a long time. So it, the potential is there. I, like I, I want to see you guys do well. Like I'm not, I don't have that for you either. So I hope well, you guys kick ass. I uh, hope we get a season.
1: I will yeah, say this. I will say this. This, the 2022, we're going to make a legit. Since last year wasn't legit, we're going to make a legit this year. Oh
0: no, it's going to be a great season. It's going to be awesome.
1: So, I'm talking about the state championship.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's a lot, gentlemen. Thank Later. you.
1: Gavin. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate right, it. Bye.